All right, we are back for episode 14. You got me? Can you hear me? 14. Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I sound great. Okay, good. Again, some technical stuff going on behind the scenes. I don't know if I'm ever going to figure this out. Every week it's something, so oh well. As long as you can hear me, that's good. I'm, I'm all good, man, other than I had my booster shot yesterday. Oh, how'd it go? Fine. I don't remember feeling quite this bad on the on the second one, yeah. on the second shot. This has kind of got me in like running a low grade fever, the whole the whole nine. Yeah, that's that's what happened to me. I had um, headache, and I didn't think anything of it because we're old and we have headaches all the time, and then and then just bad fatigue. So yeah, no fever. For sure. but, yeah. yeah, I I never get headaches oddly enough, and this one this one's pretty solid. Yeah, I, don't know, I can't even feel like I can't even open my eyes. Well, Weird. just keep in mind it's better than the alternative. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's pretty scary. Um, and I don't want I don't want to get in a rabbit hole here, but um, <laughs> um, but you know, doing doing the, all these basketball games now, uh, the Sun Belt has really been hit hard. Yeah. Um, sure. I had a game. I had a game last. Let's see. It was last Thursday. Coastal Carolina against uh, Arkansas Little Rock, and Bernie. They've had eleven players. That this is Arkansas Little Rock. They've had eleven players who have combined to miss eighty-five games. And and now, now not all that is due to COVID. About two thirds of that is due to COVID. Right. Um, the the other third is just is just injuries. Um, but of bad the bad year. But yeah. of the but of the COVID. And again, you know, I don't even know if I should say this. But, um, <laughs> well, cool. all right. So uh, so so with with athletes, um, what's happening is when uh, and, I, and I'm just I'm speaking specifically for college basketball and the teams that I've spoken with. Um, there are cardiac tests that players have to pass when they come back. So that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to get in a rabbit hole and get in trouble. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it's it's uh, so good. Good for you. By the way, by the way, has NFL been any good the last two weekends? Oh, my gosh. Well, I was upset. I was upset about uh, the, sure Chiefs, was, the Chiefs. Yeah. But, but um, I mean, you know, the Cowboys are my favorite team. I mean, I just grew, I just grew up a huge Cowboys fan. Um so um, it's always disappointing when they're not in it, obviously. But uh, but my second favorite team is the Chiefs. However, that being said, Joe I mean, Burrow. really, can you can you can you be upset? I mean, I, I, it was funny because <laughs> Kathy and I, believe it or not, we actually watched LSU games just because Joe Burrow was their quarterback. I mean, they were just fun college football games to watch. I've got, I've got something for you. Without the transfer portal, do we even know about Joe Burrow? Probably not. That's a great point. Or, or would he or would he have become a Tom Brady where he was maybe drafted in a late late round but you would but they got to see Tom Brady I don't think I don't think he hits the field at Ohio State yeah probably not yeah without without injury or something like that yeah yeah and so we do I mean without the transfer portal which everyone hates and I'm not a huge fan of it but without it we don't get a Joe Burrow yeah that's crazy so to true. me it's crazy to me and I mean yeah. the kid the kid's ice cold man I love it I, I know I, I'm He's not. A, I'm not a Bengals fan, but I love when someone just realizes who they are because I, yeah. you know, I struggle with stuff like that. So when I see it, I mean, it's great. I mean, a kid that was, you know, couldn't get couldn't get on the field at Ohio State. I think they would like to have that back, by the way. But oh anyway, couldn't get the field at Ohio State. Goes sets records at LSU. You know, now has taken the Bengals in two seasons from the worst team in football to the Super Bowl. So the NFL is great, by the way. Not to yeah. talk about the NFL a lot, but you know, there's a there's a you've got a front office problem if your team is always bad, right? Yeah, I agree. Because the league is set up 
that if you're doing things right, you can win. Yeah. But well, it's just, it's just it's just not easy to do. I mean, it's just not. Well, it's you know, not make, easy to making, get a making those decisions. I mean, look, look. I mean, look. Not just switch sports, but how about Michael Jordan? You know, with with the Hornets, it's hard to do. You yeah. know, no matter, no matter your experience, no matter who you are, it's tough to make those decisions and, guys and hit like, on them in free agency and in drafting. It's just yeah. really difficult. I think the Hornets have gotten better because he's just gotten out of it. He said, Mitch Kupchak, you've done a good job with other organizations in the past. You come here, you do something with this. And they're getting better. They're actually really fun yeah. to watch. But Yeah, they are fun to watch. But, yeah, I mean, and guys like Jordan don't do not do well outside of playing. Typically, it, yeah. That's, that's you know, because they, they don't understand yeah. why people can't be like them. It's like they, they don't understand that, you know, how different they actually are. Yeah, yeah. You know. But, but uh, going back to the Super Bowl, we'll talk more about yeah. that next week, trying to work on a couple of guests um, and uh, get some guys with some experience on what that week is like leading up to the Super Bowl. I, I tell you what, you know, this, this will be a fun Super Bowl to watch for me because I really don't have a vested interest on either side. Again, yeah. We like Joe Burrow. But, Ma you know, Matthew Stafford is a great story. Terrific yes. guy. I really, I really did like watching him play. And I'd watch the Lions play just because of him. And I always wanted them to do well. And I just love his story. I mean, two two really good quarterbacks seem like good guys. I love both coaches, you know, younger, up and coming yeah. coaches, great uh, offensive minds. So I mean this this will be a this will be a fun Super Bowl to just we'll probably still be in Vegas. It'll oh, be a will. fun Super Bowl to just sit I back. Will. Yeah, just sit back and enjoy and watch and just have fun with it. I know what what day are you leaving, Vegas? I leave um, Monday. I think I'm gonna leave right now. Well I, I I think I'm going to stay on Sunday. Right now, I'm supposed to come back early Monday morning. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we'll I go. Think we just, I think we just have the Friday night and uh, Saturday night broadcast. And we'll go somewhere. I mean, I've got to do stuff Sunday, but we'll go, you know, we'll go somewhere Sunday night and just tear it down. I mean, you know, Mandalay Bay Sportsbook is pretty sweet. I've never been. You, I mean, you know this, right? I mean, I've only been to Vegas. This will be my third time ever now. The first time with you guys in 2020 when there was nobody there. Yeah, and then and then the um and, oh, and the riots, the riots. M remember the riots? We got. I we do. Got stuck I was, the we first day the restaurant. We got stuck in an alley. It was terrible. Y'all went the second day. I saw it the first day it happened. I was down in the parking lot trying to protect the truck and the trailer. That's and right. The sheriff. It's funny. The rioters were really nice to me. The sheriff came up and was going to hit me in the face if I didn't get away from the truck. And I was like, "Hey, man, yeah. either you protect my property or we'll protect it." That's right. You so know, it's like, like so. You, so you weren't with us in Old Vegas then at dinner that night. No, I. Yeah, there right. there are times hanging out with Stacy I just can't do. <laughs> and that was one of them. You're like, I'm not it's doing just, it. I'm hungry. I want to go eat. You're yeah. gonna want to do all this and drink for four or five hours before we eat. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go eat. I'm gonna do my own thing. I don't. I just don't feel like waiting three hours and walking around. We did not drink for four or five hours. It was about <laughs> three and a half. Right. See exactly. I was like, man, I'm hungry. I just want to eat. But yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. So we got we got trapped in that. Uh, it was after dinner. Went to a yeah. bar right down the street and got trapped in there. Um, not really trapped, but they locked us in just for security reasons. So anyway, so so I'm over two with Vegas. By the way, didn't Vegas so I'm looking look forward like a, to coming back. To this didn't Vegas look like a beaten up old woman when it was empty like that? Um, well, I don't know because I have nothing to compare it to. Like like quick story. Um, so as soon as we, uh, this is back in 2020 during the pandemic. So it just, it just turns out that Trey and I's flight lands almost the exact same time. So he hops in the car with me and we head, uh, to the strip and Bernie, there was nobody on the strip. Yeah. So literally, literally Trey and I stopped 
in the road right there next to the Las, you know, welcome to Las Vegas sign. And Trey took my picture and I get back in the car. He's like, dude, Jeff, he's like, you have no idea. Like you can never do this. You can't, like, it, it, yeah. it's, it's normally a parking lot of cars. So I really, I really have nothing to compare it to. Really? I, I, a man of your age has never been to Vegas to have a good time nah. with some buddies and, or just, no. Wow. I mean, it's, we're going on the second biggest weekend of the year, by the way, for Vegas. I think New Year's is the biggest and Super Bowl Sunday is the second biggest. Is that right? It'll be fun. I've never even seen the fountains because each of the last two times that we were there, the fountains were even on. I I don't see a lot of the big, like I usually, you know me, man, I'm not one to wander too much unless it's late. In the, but I mean, like I, I'll st- I don't wander around Vegas too much. That's, that's what makes Mandalay so great because it's a great place. It's a great hotel yeah. casino. So you don't really have to leave. And it's kind of up the strip a good way. So you don't, it's not like one of those Mandalay's so far up. It's not like you want to get out and walk. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I didn't realize it was that far from everything. I know, I know it's close to the airport because I know I see it when I fly in. It's, you know, the, those buildings are so big that they seem a lot closer than they are. Now, I mean, if you don't mind walking a half mile, a mile, and then another mile back, that's no big deal. But, right. you know, if you're just, if you're thinking about just strolling down the street to somewhere else, it's not, it's not the place. Not happening. I mean, you can't. I mean, there, look, plenty of people will. Plenty of people do. But they've got trams. There's Ubers. I mean, you can get around Vegas easy. But I'm looking but you forward like, to you, But you like the sports book at Mandalay. I'm assuming it's I probably. I love Mandalay, right? the sports book at Mandalay. It's going to yeah. be. I mean, it's Super Bowl Sunday. So it's going to be absolutely bonkers. So the only, the, only, the only comparison I have, and you're going to laugh, the only sports book comparison I have is when we stayed at the Westgate last year. Uh, I mean, it's uh, a lot bigger. Yeah. But I mean, they're all kind of similar. It's a lot bigger, a little bit more posh. Right. Yeah. But it's all similar. Good. I mean, it's it's a bunch of screens and and give and, and, and yeah. lines on the screens. That's all all the sports books are. I've but always yeah, wanted to go there for the NCAA tournament. Yes. And be there like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The first weekend is a blast. I've done it yeah. twice. And it's. Yeah, it's a blast. It, well, it was different back then because you could actually get free drinks sitting in the sports book if you were gambling. Right now, I think in a sports book, you have to pay for your drinks, all that kind of fun stuff. But back then, yeah. you know, if you had your your game sheets and your cards where, you know, that showed you would gamble, you could sit there and drink for free. I did it one day. We went, I went with some friends. You know, it was, a, it was the Friday of the first round, right? So it's all day, right? And your West Coast time. So it's all day, morning, all the way through and had an absolute blast. And think I, you know, won like $25 at the end of the day. It's like the only <laughs> time I've been up ever in vegas yeah because i won won a bunch lost a bunch went, but ended up like plus 25 for the day i was like man what a great day and came away with 25 dollars. yeah that 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 rarely happens to me in vegas i re- i rarely walk back to the room excited about how the game went. i'm fired up for I'm fired up from vegas get the season the the uh nationals yes. season started it's me it'll be uh it'll be a lot of fun yeah we had uh we did a. Uh, did our ACL live with Trey last night, our first bracket reveal for the singles and the matchups are insane. The matchups oh, are insane. I got to find, as a matter of fact, our guest today has a crazy first round match. Oh, is that right? Okay, good. We'll talk to him about it when he comes on our guest today, by the way. Well, first off, thanks to Josh Klingler from the Kansas city chiefs for stopping by last week. Great perspective. I mean, that was a lot of fun Yeah, that to, was awesome. to hear him talk about, you know, being firsthand behind the scenes with, with Patrick Mahomes and uh, Kelsey and all these guys and, and uh, kind of get his thoughts on 
you know, how these guys perform under pressure. I wish we could talk to him to this week because I know no offense to Jamie, but just to just to see how the players were after the game. And if there were any, is there, was there any finger pointing, you know, because yeah. let's face it, that second half was not Mahomes' brightest moment. Right. I mean, like he did not play all, you know, all that well. Yeah, yeah, there, there was some frustration on the sidelines, no doubt. Um, so, yeah, so thanks to Josh last week. Our guest this week, as Bernie just said, and he's actually back in the green room, so we'll bring him in, is Jamie Graham, 2020 singles world champion, former number one player in the world, a two-time national winner on the double circuit last year. So please welcome to episode 14 of Borderline, Jamie Graham. What's up, is. brother? What's up, guys? What's happening? Not much. So you ready for Vegas? You ready? Oh yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm always ready for the big lights. <laughs> All right. Hey, well, who's your? Who's your? Uh, do you have a team for the? Are you a Panthers fan? Since you're uh, the pride of Hamlet, North Carolina. Yeah, don't want to be, but I am. I know it's, br- it's brutal right now being a Panthers fan. Uh, I would say would literally just start all the way over, <laughs> just bring in a new, a whole new roster. Everything, right? Yep. Well, Sam Darnold, I, I actually, you know what, Bernie, I'm, I'm not sure what your thoughts were on this, but uh, Jamie, I actually thought that Sam Darnold was not going to be terrible. Um, you know, it seemed like Cam was just injured, and I got a lot of thoughts on that as well, because it seems like, I mean, it seems like like Cam got hit a lot. Now now the rules have changed to protect the quarterbacks, but I still feel like he got hit a lot. He just wasn't healthy. So I thought Sam Darnold would come in. At least he's not going to lose you games, right? Oh, right. man. Wow, was I wrong about that? Holy cow. Yeah, he's 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 not good. That's tough and to watch. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because I mean that was that's probably his last chance, right? I mean, if he goes anywhere else, it'll be as a backup, backup, backup yeah. only. Yeah. All right. Who do you like? You like? Do you have you have any affinity at all for the Bengals or for the Rams? Uh, after the Panthers sucked, I wasn't really big <laughs> on watching uh, NFL like that. So I don't. I mean, I know the Rams are pretty good. Um, I've done some gambling stuff on. Uh, on DraftKings for uh, the Rams, and but uh, I'm not a really big fan of watching it since Panthers suck. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Hey, Jamie, I got a question for you. Do you feel going into this first national that you've somehow slid into the role of underdog in a way? I mean, you're still Jamie Graham. Everyone knows who you are. Everyone knows what kind of player you are. But – not everyone's talking about you as much as they have, say, the last two years. Right. And do you like that? Is that does that feel good to you? Does that say, you know what? Now I can look at other targets, other people's, you know, put put the target on someone else's back instead of me having to carry that load all the time. Um, ever since I got really good at the game, there's somewhat been a little target on me. Um, playing with Trevor Brooks, there was always a target on us. Um, <laughs> so, kind of got used to everybody coming out to try to beat me. And last last season, the first national, uh, I'm pretty sure it was the first national. I had um, it might, I had Caleb Batson. Mm-hmm. It was a big talk about Caleb coming in as a rookie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then he, I think he was really nervous that game more than I was. And I was a little nervous, but, I mean, he didn't throw nowhere near like – he can. I mean, it wasn't a good game for him, but um, I can say that I haven't performed like I did in 2020 in a long time. 
but I can say my mindset is 2020 mindset. So confidence is there. So now I just have to perform. I mean, the bags are perfect. There's no more excuses on bags. I have the bag that I won with 2020, just a different brand. Um, but I'm very well ready for the first national. <laughs> so, so Jamie, give us a little bit deeper dive into that. So what does that mean that you're back into 2020 mindset versus 2021? Like what's, what's the difference? Confidence. Um, 2020 started off the year with the first win in um, Florida. Um, second, well, the second and third got canceled. So I was playing qualifiers, but still every game I played the whole season, whether it was blind draws, regionals, um, qualifiers, everything felt good. Everything, no matter, even if I lost a game, just like I lost to Noah, but everything was clicking for me. It just didn't go my way in the end. But this year, so far, I haven't won an open, but I've won two brackets and I got a third. And then this last one, I didn't do crazy well, but still won doubles and uh, just got down a couple games playing different. I've been trying to – I think I'm rolling way too much now. And I'm going back to straight airmailing more than my role. But uh, so 2020 – Confidence was very high. 2021, confidence was high in doubles because I had Matt Guy on the other end. But me, personally, I've always been a big singles player. I've always been, been been able to count on myself. And last year was not so big for singles. Um, I started off the year not bad at all, third in my bracket both times. But then it went to one and two, one and two, or two and two. And I've never been that type of player that, goes one and two, two and two, no matter how hard the competition is. I've always been been able to win games against players, big, big time players, no matter what. But this year, uh, this season, I started off good, started off regionals good, the opens. So I'm, I mean, uh, confidence is sky high for me. I believe that it's just, it's just going to take one big win for the 2020 to come right back out. What do you think? What do you think is the difference for you for that confidence? Is it just the bag, or do you feel like you're releasing it the same way? Like what? What is it about you, whether it's physical, whether it's mental or emotional, that says, "All right, I'm I'm back to 2020 confidence." And second part of that question: What was it that took that little bit away from you? As good, I mean, because everyone knows how good a player you are, but you could tell someone, even someone like I, could tell that you weren't you hadn't bought into whatever was really going on as far as if it was your bag, how you were throwing it, it wasn't all there for you and you could see it on your face. So what was it that created that? And then how did you get it back? It was it just the grind. Was it just number of bags or was it just, you know what, I'm done worrying about this. I'm one of the best players in the world. Time to go prove. Um, so <laughs> definitely last season, um, switched from a all slide to a starter, the first, bags that fire came out with and it's weird because i created that bag which makes no sense of washing <laughs> but i don't know man like uh when i created it and i felt fabrics I, I come up with this one but it was so hard to compare that to an all side because especially what i've done with all side all season before and when i started practicing with the starters i even won some regionals with them and was throwing really well with them and then 
I don't know if it was all the bags. It was just me changing my throw so much to try to make that bag work because I feel like every throw doesn't work for every bag. If you have a really hard throw, it's not going to work for every bag you throw. So you have to adjust. Um, so when I started throwing the starters last year in the Nationals, um, didn't have terrible finishes, but there was always bags and throws like or rounds where I would literally throw the exact same bag on the exact same spot of the board, but it would do something different sometimes. Like throw four in a row the same way, but one would cut. One would go straight off the back. Or, and it, I never could understand why. So – when I went from the starters to the controls, they were more um, – I, if I throw it straight, it's going to go straight, but it was a sticky versus very slick. The sticky side was very sticky. The slick side was too slick for me to throw. So all last year I was struggling with back choice. I, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I talked to Jason a lot. I said, look, man, you got to come out with something like the offside, like – I need that all-star material. And I know I'm, like, top one of the top best players, and I should be, be able to adapt at any time. But it's not it's not that easy knowing that your opponents are playing at the top of their game and they're throwing the exact bag they want to throw at all times. So, like, I would say, like, Trey had a similar season to me um, last season. Mm-hmm. But, like, this year – so, for example, 2020, I did really well. 2021, I came in, didn't do so good in singles. So, Trey, there should be no bag, bag excuse for him. He's throwing the exact same bag as he was last year. So, I can see if he does the exact same thing again like he did last year this season. But um, I guess talking to McCannon a lot and uh, him just giving me the advice of just basically telling me to shut up and just throw the bags in the hole, I'm – one of the best. There's no excuse anymore. And I guess getting the all side in my hand brought back the 2020 memory and feeling of because I was very comfortable with the tw- with that bag. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of have it's like having your own golf clubs or yeah. or anything. I mean, anything your own bowling ball versus a house ball or something like that. So I guess it all started mentally for me to change, uh, knowing that I had the bag. And if I have the bag, I can perform better and good. So I guess that's where it all started mentally for me. And now performing really good at opens is just bringing more confidence in. And then when confidence comes in, you start making shots. You start making bigger shots because your confidence is sky high. You think you won't miss it. So you might as well make I mean, you shoot it. And uh, I think that's where it all starts for me. Well, Jamie, don't I don't want you to ever think that that this might be something that is that um, you know makes you different, because you can equate this to even a major sport like baseball. You know, I I, I was in that game for ten years as a broadcaster, and it amazed me that players could pick up a bat. Right, it would be their bat that they that they play with every single day. And if somebody handed that blindfolded them, handed handed them their bat versus a bat that was just an ounce or half an ounce off, they could tell, you know, because they, that's what they're used to. That's what they like. That's that's what they use every single day. And we're talking just a difference of a half an ounce to an ounce. So they need that because it's comfortable. There's something about that that makes that makes a difference. There's a reason why in golf they now make little weights that you put in the handle. 
it's less than like a half an ounce, but it makes a difference. So all these things make a difference, like you said, no matter what the sport to help you. And if that's what helps give you the confidence to succeed, then that's what you need, right? So I'm so, glad so, I'm glad that you had the confidence to go to Jason and say, "Listen, this is what I need." Yeah. You know, I get I get it. You're a great player. You're a former world champion, number one player in the world. But like you said, you've got to be comfortable. So kudos to you to have the the confidence, um, you know, to be able to talk to Jason and talk through that. Well, hold, hold on, Jeff. What are these things that you can buy to make you better at golf? Because <laughs> <laughs> because I need them. And how much are they? Yeah, it's awful. I got a guy. I'll hook you up. <laughs> you got a guy for me? <laughs> yeah. Sweet. <laughs> but seriously, Jamie, I mean, kudos to you to be able to have that conversation with Jamie or with or with, uh, with Jason. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, I talked to him all season about it, but I kind of got more direct at the end of the season. I said, hey, I need the back. Like, uh, we got to find something very, very similar. And he found he found it. So, I mean, yeah. thankfully he found it. Um helps me this season. There's no more excuses now. It's either you win or lose. I mean, I, I'm a, I haven't also, I wasn't putting the work in as much as I should have. Um, so like me and Kaylee now are hundred percent starting today, a uh, thousand bags a day each. There's no, nothing less. If we want to go over, we can, but at least a thousand bags a day. Wow. I, this, wow. this is such great stuff because yeah. For those, for those who, you know, just kind of maybe laugh at cornhole, although I don't think it really, any, anyone laughs anymore because ESPN and CBS exposure, but for anyone who says, ah, it's just cornhole, Jamie, you're, you, you are giving us a perfect example that it's still a team sport, right? right. You still need someone to push you. Uh, Kaylee's pushing you. You guys now are, are, are practicing. You know you need to put in the work, but yet you also need the buy-in from the front office, right? I mean, you need you, you. I mean, really, right? I mean, you needed yeah. Jason to help you out. It's a true team. It's like any other sport. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Speaking of teams, segue. Are you looking forward to the start of the team season? Since it's a new new ACL invention, are, are you looking forward to it? I'm a. I really like my team. Uh, the way we pick, like Shine picked it, was I mean. A, of course, like she was asking me on my advice um, and she agreed on everything I was doing about people we picked. Um, but a lot of people don't know the second side of our team. Like right. I, whenever y'all were doing the draft at the headquarters, like y'all didn't know like Kevin Lou and until Trey told y'all who, who they were they're like locals near the headquarters but yeah i've known them players for a long time and i know kevin lou is really really talented um and he's not the type to get nervous in big time stages or even against big time players because he's played me i don't know how many times and done very well against me i still had to perform good but um i like the team format i like i hope it continues every year um, I like the way ACL is doing this, um, even brought it in, because I feel like that's that's what it's going to take for us to go way up as a team. Yeah. of People want to cheer for a team and not even just two players as a team, but a whole squad of players like Panthers, Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. So I like it. And we have one of the best captains. So I'm excited about it. I'm ready to play. Well, before we go too far down the road without asking you, um, this is a great timing to have you on because your doubles win. 
So speaking yeah. of teams and playing with Jordan Power, uh, two things. Let's let's start out with this. How important was that win? And if it wasn't, then no big deal. But how important was that win uh, for you two this past weekend? Um, I think it was more important to him than it was to me in a way because, <laughs> like, um, you've been there before. Yeah, and I mean, of course, I love winning. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's the best feeling. But to be honest, the whole game, like. I wasn't even thinking about when, like the whole thing in my head was don't give him second, <laughs> like finish. <laughs> and uh, that's why I think I started <laughs> off bad because my main focus wasn't like, uh, come on, win this game for you. Let's go. My whole focus was like, don't blow it for Jordan to get second again. Yeah. And uh, I think we took a big lead and then I gave up a five. I was like, please, no. <laughs> and uh, so, it was a whole different mindset for me instead of like when I play with Matt, I'm trying to kill and win, but um, I just didn't want to mess up Jordan because I mean, he's a great player, man. He's uh very passionate about this game. He, uh, I don't know if he wants me to say this, but after we won, he went on to the side and he started tearing up. But I mean, I've done that too before. I mean, yeah. if you put everything you got into the sport, it's uh, emotional when you win or lose. So I got, I got a question for you. Speaking of players getting second, <laughs> how, how much do you think is that? How much is that playing on your pro partner? Just continuously getting second in yeah. these opens, or does it? Or is he just like I'm throwing well? You know, it's a bag here, a bag there, no big deal. Or is it starting to maybe kind of get in the get in his mind a little bit? Because that's that's hard. I mean, that's crazy what's going on with him in the opens, yeah. as well as he's throwing. Uh. Huh. I don't know, man. It's crazy. It's literally crazy to see how good he's shooting and yeah. not winning. Like at least more than getting second, but he's not. He's. It makes no sense. Like if you really think about stats and you go that route, it makes no sense why he loses. Right. Especially in the championship game when he's literally threw so good all day. But I kind of agreed with uh about the coin flip thing at first. With okay, you're playing a great player that's also throwing good because they're there, so it's kind of like a coin flip who's gonna win the game, heads or tails. But, um, this is what the fourth time he's got second, yeah. there is no way he is literally <laughs> losing that coin flip that, that many times. Also, right, he didn't shoot well in the finals game, so I mean, of course, he should lose that game. He shot, he did not shoot nowhere near as good as he was all day, and I mean. Maybe that is the little jinx that all the way up until that point, he shoots crazy good, and then everything goes out the window in championship game. Well, I've got a question for you along those lines, and it's more its more to you, but it's, it's, it's kind of showing what happened. You know, he lost to some rookies, obviously Cheyenne as well, but there's some rookies in there that he lost to. And do you as professionals, and I'm pretty sure your answer is going to be no, but do you ever overlook players that you're not really familiar with that you just – think that you're better than and I wonder if that played into Matt's head that he he was beating all these people that he knew and he knew how great they were and then he gets to some players that he may not know as well and he kind of kind of backs off just that just that hair that allowed them to kind of walk away with wins and does it ever happen to any of you guys I mean it's it's human nature but I mean does it really ever happen um I can't answer that for Matt but me personally I have I've I've looked at a player that I should automatically murder and don't murder. <laughs> um, 
But I think everybody, I think everybody eventually does that. Uh, whether you're at a conference, open, national, um, biggest event, smallest event, I think sometimes we all always overlook some certain players. Um, like uh, trying to give an example, um, I played. Okay, at the open that. I think it was when I beat Cheyenne in the to go to the the final four. No. So I beat Cheyenne after the bracket wins. We both won our brackets and I beat her right after BR played her um and gave her like a long two games. Mm-hmm. But after I played that day, um I played a guy named Chris Day. And I remember him from way back in the day uh, being a crazy good player, but I thought it was going to be an easy win because I haven't seen him on the circuit in a long time. But he came out throwing a PPR of like a high 10 versus me throwing a really high 10 and I defeated him. But like the whole time during the game, I'm like, where is this all coming from? Like I, I was supposed to beat him and like, Five, six, seven rounds, maybe like, but just like overestimate people and under underestimate people and uh, things like that. But that's basically, I, I feel like everybody does eventually. Well, and the, and the other thing that's real is the target on your back, right? And we right. talked to Matt Guy about this a little bit a few weeks ago, and we had him on. It's real. You you have a target on your back. So does Matt Guy. So you're going to have those games where someone's just going to be out of their mind because they're they're all amped up to play you guys. Yep. I guess. And so, like, Matt thinks about the curse, maybe. But maybe it's it's in the other person's mind just like it is, but it's vice versa. Like, that guy knows that Matt's been getting second and throwing not good in the championship, so it boosts their level of confidence to throw even better against Matt. Yep. So That's a great point. Absolutely. I got – I got a question. Speaking of Cheyenne and Kaylee, all right. Why don't you think women are better as a whole in our, in our pro division? Because Cheyenne's kind of moved into that top five player in the world. The bag only weighs a pound. You know, I, I don't really believe, and I've had arguments with other people about this who've disagreed with me. I don't think physical strength has much to do with it. Right. And I, I, I just it's it, it kind of baffles me why we don't see more women at the top of the game, you know, kind of at Cheyenne's level, especially in singles. It might, uh, is, is it just one of those things they haven't been playing long enough? Is it just maybe there's a mental hurdle? Because, like, I think with Cheyenne, Trey Birchfield, I think she had a mental hurdle with Trey Birchfield for a couple of years there that she just felt like she couldn't beat him. And I, I just wonder, like, I mean, this is just an opinion of, you know, you don't, I don't, I don't think there's an answer for it, you know, but it just seems to me that players like Cameron Belvin and Akani Altice this season, there's players out there and Kaylee that have talent to play at that level. We just don't see them do it in the single. And I, I just wonder why a Sam Finley, someone else that I think has the talent to do it, but you just don't see them. It doesn't manifest in pro singles. And I just, I wonder why. I don't know if it's mentally just scared to play men in general. But I would think it's all mental because Cheyenne's – I think Cheyenne's one of the best players to ever play now. I, but, like, Kaylee, 
I also think that she could easily be right where Cheyenne's yeah. at. And hers is mental. Hers is all in her head. She hasn't she hasn't had that breakout win yet. Besides, I mean the shootout, yeah, but that's just women. I want her to have a breakout win or at least a, a great finish beating top men, male players. And she's came close. Like last season at the one of the nationals, she had AJ Sims first round, lost 21-20. He said that was the most nervous he's ever been in his life. Like she was <laughs> getting bad breaks on like uh people, but uh I, I told her she's so close. Cheyenne, um, she's very close to Cheyenne's like I think she is on Cheyenne's level when it comes to talent, but yeah. Cheyenne has that mental game already where she knows she's already performed, she's already got second at the world championship. That right there will carry her for the rest of her career at Cornhole, knowing that she can beat the best. But I don't know. I think this sport, this this is the only sport um, out of basketball, baseball, all, all that, that women could end up being better and actually beating us majority of the time. But I can't say that. Nah, I'm not saying that. that <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's hard because, like, I see how talented they are, but I think it, it's always going to go men over women because mental, like we already mentally know there are some, some of them are literally afraid to play us. Hmm. Um, but. And so are some of the guys, by the way. So, right. I mean, you're, you're not really being sexist when you say that there's a, yeah. there's, there's, there's 150 male pros that are afraid to play you and Matt guy and right. other players other players as well but yeah I, I i i've just i've just i've just always wondered it like when you watch the bag come out of kaylee's hand it's perfect mm-hmm. right i mean it, it looks you know and you're wondering like why isn't that translating more well and but, jamie i i think jamie jamie hit the nail right on the head because bernie we've we've had female players on this show and off the show who have told us exactly what you said jamie it's yeah. a mental hurdle when you're playing um you know some of the top 10 guys in the world it just is. It's a mental hurdle. So I think it's mental for us too because, like, I don't want to lose to no female. Like, <laughs> like you know, and I kind of, yeah. and I even think that against Cheyenne, even though I know how talented she is, that it's very possible to lose. But I mean, I play Kaylee every day. I can't stand if she beats me a game. Like, I, I really can't stand it. I, I just, I don't know. But I think it's mental both ways. But who's more mentally strong to finish no matter what. Really. All right, so, now, so now that Bernie's brought up such a hot topic, <laughs> here's a, here's a hot question for you. Uh-huh. Is Bernie truly the most hated guy in the sport of cornhole? Mm. No. See Bernie, so. I told you, <laughs> no. I didn't even try. I didn't even try to lead him at yeah. all. A- after, Very after nice. the, after the draft and the broadcast, I wasn't thought of that highly by a, by a fair, fair number of cornhole players. Yes, and but, it's okay. but you're, you're not the most hated man. I mean, I, I like to joke around, Joe, but yeah. I mean, do people... Oh, maybe you are. Here comes the butt. <laughs> Here comes the caveat. Do, do people want y'all to lie when y'all try to give y'all's honest opinion on players and talent? And, like, if y'all are being completely honest, then... I think people I want us to... Wait. I think certain people want me to be nicer. Well, yeah, you but know, and, and be And be, you know, speak glowingly of every player... When, you know, my charge, what I've been told to do, if, if we're kind of going behind the curtain, is give my opinion. 
even if that opinion is negative, give it. You know, so I, that that I don't blame you. And I'm but is it? A, but there's a, but I think I think what Jamie's saying, Bernie, is that there's a difference between negative and honesty. Right. right. And I, I don't I don't think I ever bash people for the sake of bashing them. Mm. I'm not you know, I, but I I will be somewhat honest from time to time, which yeah, I, there's I, a I difference. Can, yeah. Yeah, there's but a difference. Look at Jeff trying to make me feel good, Jamie. <laughs> well, because I mean, I, sp I, sp I spent the whole time with you, obviously, ten hours a day on that draft, and it's not like you were being ugly, you know. I mean, well, were there players we didn't know? Yeah, and I was the first one to say there are players I don't know. Yeah. Um, but but you know, you were just being honest. You weren't being ugly to any of the players. So people, that was that was my opinion. People can get offended, right? Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. All right, so so Jamie, we um. We have a new, uh, you know, we got all the social media now for Borderline. And last week we reached out to people. And and uh, if anyone has any questions at all or feedback, please feel free to hit us up on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, uh, Borderline or Borderline Show. And we also have a Gmail, borderlineshow at gmail.com. So anyway, so we got a couple of really great questions I wanted to get to. So um, I don't want to get first and last names to embarrass anybody, but um, I just thought that this would be a great question for you because you and I have talked about this. So I, I got a question from a guy on Facebook, TJ, and he said he, he, he said that he would like to start uh, us asking you guys when it was when you decided to make that commitment to, to take your game to the next level. And, and that's I think that's a great question because there's so many people out there who are you know, who are watching us on ESPN and CBS or maybe who listen to this podcast. And, you know, they're, they're, they're above average players. You know, maybe they're going out at a tailgate and they're beating everybody. They're going to a bar and they're beating everybody. So I think there's a lot of people in their minds who are saying, wait a second. So at what point do we make this commitment? So I'll ask you, at what point did you decide, yeah, I'm good enough to make the commitment to the sport? I think I was at the age of uh, 17. Um, I was still in high school. Um, I knew I was not going to college. So, and even cornhole at 17 wasn't humongous, but I was winning cash tournaments and stuff like that. So like, I don't know, my whole goal when I was like 15, I said I was going to be the best player ever to play this game. And, um, even at 15, I was saying that. And I said that I was going to be the first corn player to make a living playing this game. And kind of like anybody's dreams to play in professional sports is their mindset's always on that, and that's their goal. And when they reach that goal, it means everything. So um, I'd say I'd say 17 because I had the talent at 17 to know I could be in that spot. And uh, that's yeah, 17 is when I knew I, I started making the commitment of really practicing every day for a year, and then. No, it was 16 to 17 for a year. So 16, I made that commitment of pressing every day uh, for a whole year to see how talented I could actually get in that year span of just throwing. And I, and I think and I think that's probably more the spirit of the question, Jamie, because there's a lot of people that are going to be older than that, obviously. You get people in their 20s, people in their 30s. So I, I think the spirit of the question was more at what talent level did you get to? Not necessarily age. Oh, okay, okay. To, to where you realized, you know what? Yeah, it's time to take this to the next level. Um, I think there's different levels to this game. Um, I think the very highest level is elite. I think the next level is 
really, really good. Next level is good, and then average, and then start. So it depends on what in your head. What do you think you're at? I mean, is your is your whole focus blind draws, or is it being the best in the world? Like, I mean, I think most of the top talent players they go into a tournament thinking they can win, but then you got some players that are starting off the day by saying, I hope I don't play this person first round. I hope I don't do this. Hmm. And it's kind of a whole different mindsets. Uh, like my mindset, I knew that I wanted to be the best player to ever play the game. And I told myself that every day I wanted to make a living. I want to be the first person to say, I play cornhole and it pays my bills. So it's, uh, if we're not talking about age, I would say um, if you can honestly go to a tournament and pick out anybody in there and you can say you can you can beat them or I don't know, that's a tough question. Uh, I, I think I think you're I think you're onto something though. Like when you show up to an event, if you're gonna be the favorite to these events, you know, whether they're blind draws at, at local bars or a local tournament, if, if you're going into that and you think that you can compete and win against most of these people, that's probably the, the point, right? Where you can say, Hey, maybe I can take my game to the next level. Right. If you, I yeah. mean, yeah, if you, if you think you can, if you can beat all the top players, I mean, or you don't really have to beat them to take that, that step to the next level. Uh, if you feel like you're ready for the lights or the the uh, the lights or if you're ready for the targets on your back. So like that, that really is stressful to know that you got a target on your back. And if you are scared to be on the lights, because I mean, that that's the two biggest things that we have in the sport now is the lights targets. I mean, yep. um. I, I mean, I was scared my first time I played on lights. I got beat 21-0 and, like, 21-2, to just like that. And that was the most embarrassing thing in my life, and I made sure that never happened again. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think if you can – if you're ready to throw the lights and you're ready for the targets on your back and all that, I think you can take the next step. Jamie, is, has it become – a lot more fun or a lot more stressful that over the last two years, the ACL pro division, the talent level has increased by a factor of 10, probably that you guys, I mean, there's, there's always been depth in the pro division, but now, I mean, you can legitimately go 40, 50 players and know that that's, a, that, that's, a, that you can easily lose to that person if you're not on your A game. Right. And is that, is that made it more fun or has that made it just a lot more stressful? Um, well, I consider tournaments now as business for me because I'm legit making a living now. So mm -hmm. I'm going to these tournaments and fully – I mean, I'm having fun too, but different mindset than when I was 18. I was going there, having fun, didn't – I mean, didn't really care, had no worries. But now uh, it's definitely a business for me. So when I'm traveling, I'm traveling I'm, – I'm on a business trip. I'm going here for one reason only, and that's to – win and uh but with the talent now it's i mean it's ridiculous how many people you can really you can't really go to a tournament anymore and say man that player's gonna win there right. there's no doubt in my mind but you can say you can say top you can say what 
you think they'll finish because always the top players are usually there in a conversation. But, I mean, it's great. Like, this past week, like, the Open, Mark Richards, like – Yeah. I, like, I know he's good, but you would never <laughs> just bet on him to win with all the talents there. But that just shows you, like, when somebody's on, they can – I mean, no matter who it is, they can win. Yeah, yeah I, I think it speaks one, one last one for me. I think it speaks a really high amount of praise should be thrown at you guys at the top level of the sport because it is so deep. Yeah. There is so much talent. And yet at the end of each tournament, you can kind of bank on certain names being there. And that speaks volumes about your ability to focus, your determination, your ability to think yourself through a match, your ability to focus for an entire day. You know, because it's not like you just go out, play a couple of matches and you're there. It's a grind. And for right. you guys to be able to grind through the levels of talent that you have to grind through, it's pretty amazing. And uh, so when it comes to talent, when you don't see a top player finishing up there more consi- – I mean, of course they're going to have a bad day and really not finish up there. But, like, last year for me in singles – you consider that I, I consider that a terrible year in singles. I had, even if I didn't win what I did the year before, I would still, in my mind, consider that a terrible year for me. Like I, in my head, I should be finishing at the end of the year top ten, no matter what, no matter no matter what bag I'm throwing. So, to me, you can always tell who's not putting work in on the side if they're just going to these tournaments. Like, I mean, Brett will tell you, he never practices. He just goes to the tournaments. And I think Matt now is uh, – I don't know if he put it on Facebook or not, but yeah. he did about yeah. how much he's practicing. Yeah. Um, now he's getting serious about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, I don't know. Did he put how much he's actually practicing, though? Or, uh, I, don't, I don't – yeah, I don't think he put that out there, but he said his work was beginning. He uh, He's practicing, like – a crazy amount now um but now me i wasn't practicing that much last year and even though i wanted to blame the bags but really like i wasn't putting the work in and like now i'm putting in today i'm gonna be putting in a thousand bags with kaylee so i have no excuse there's no more excuses it's either at the end of the day now it's all right here right there, there's nothing else to get better I'm practicing my talents there. I know I can win. It's all in your head then. Hey, Jamie, I hate to do this to you, man. We got a hard out, so we have got to run. I got like 10 seconds left. So thank you so much. Congrats on the win this weekend. Can't wait to see you in Vegas, and we'll for sure have you on again. I appreciate it, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you all. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks, Bernie. All right, Jamie, we'll talk to you later, man. Peace. Bye, everybody.